Borag Thug Earthlets, before I begin the show, I have to apologize. While Fox and I spent the hiatus taping shows for about the first half of 1982, I accidentally damaged the hard drives that the audio files were kept on before I could upload them. I'm currently trying to get the drive fixed, and hopefully the shows will be recoverable, but I won't know until later this week. Again, I hope all is well, and we'll be able to post episode 76 soon and get back on a regular posting schedule. If not, we'll have to extend our hiatus and retape a bunch of shows, which is extremely crappy, but but that's all I can do. I apologize for the inconvenience. We're super excited to start putting out shows again, and hopefully this is just a temporary setback. Either way, it's well past time for some collected episodes, so let's get those rolling, and just as a personal piece of advice from you to me, always be sure to back up your files early and often. Splendug Verthrig! Borak Thong Earthlets, my name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 collected episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2080 thrills and storylines in one place so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. This time, we're heading off to space with Judges Dredd, Hershey, and Lopez in search of the Judge Child. The third Judge Dredd mega epic, it started in 2000 AD Prog 156 and ran until Prog 181. The script droids were John Wagner and Alan Grant, and this is the start of their writing partnership in Judge Dredd and elsewhere. As uh, the art robots were the amazing trio of Brian Ballin, Mick McMahon, and Ron Smith, and the letter robot was, of course, the incomparable Tom Frame. You can find it in its own collected paperback, or as part of the Judge Dread Complete Case Files Volume 4 from the Rebellion Web Store or your preferred bookseller. So, the Judge Child! <laughs> uh, ran from March to October of 1980, this endless quest through both the southern parts of the former United States and then into the stars and beyond. They do a ton to establish the world of Judge Dread. So much stuff comes out of the Judge Child saga, including locations like Texas City and the space beyond Earth in the 22nd century, characters like Judge Hershey and the Angel Gang, and the long-term meta-story of Judge Faye's prediction for the future, which will echo through Judge Dredd for the next 18 years or so. A couple things to keep an eye out when you're reading The Judge Child. Uh, Definitely keep, keep keep an eye on Dredd's attitude and how he approaches things. We've seen a lot of evolution in Dredd, even in the last 50 or so um, episodes or, or uh, progs since the Judge Cal uh, saga. And that's reflected in how Judge Dredd deals with the problems in this saga. Second, especially in the middle act of the epic, check out how the creative team handles the new character of Judge Hershey. She's the second real female judge we've seen so far after Judge Anderson earlier in 1980, but she's definitely different from that side judge. Uh, finally, if you're reading along in the in the progs or in the collected editions, definitely keep an eye out for the different art styles of Ballin, McMahon, and Smith. This is a trio of masters of comic art doing an amazing job, and I think it's really instructive to kind of see which art does what section, which artist does what section of the story, how their styles differ from each other, and just other things like that. You know, it's a to see just sort of different artists in similar situations, which is always an a way to compare things and be cool. So, with that in mind, let's go to the comics! Episode 47, Progs 154 to 158. 
March 1980. Dread actually takes Prague 155 off. There's no uh, Dread in 155. We eh, that's his last because yeah, definitely it's his last day off until Prague 111 <laughs> or oh or sorry uh, Prague 1100 I should say. Um, Holy crap! Yeah, so Pro so a uh, Dread is moved to the center of the comics. We get some sweet color pages. Mm-hmm. Out in the cursed earth, Dread rolls into a town controlled by slavers, and he takes just all the slavers down between his his lawgiver and the lawmaster bike and all that stuff. Um, also, shout out to the lawgiver. It gets like some character in the song. Yeah, I really yeah, the, love it. The lawmaster is the bike, but yeah, you're right. Oh, right, lawmaster. Yeah. So there's one surviving slaver who gets stuck in uh in quicksand or like sulfur sand, I guess to be precise. Dread mm. Dread demands to know if he's seen this boy. <laughs> and we flash back to many days earlier as the powerful side judge Faye dies but gives a final prophecy. His visions are 88.8% accurate. He sees oh my God. a great war destroying Mega City 1 with four evil creatures rising to prey on the survivors. This will happen in 2120. 18 years from now, a.k.a. 1998, if you're reading these progs, we'll get there. Um, but <laughs> one thing can save us. A child born with a symbol of the eagle on his head. He will rule the city in its gravest hour. His name is Owen Chrysler, the judge child, and he must be found. So awesome. It's good, man. After some searching, it's revealed that Chrysler and his family left Mega City 1 to settle in Muty Land four years ago. Dread heads out to find him. He arrives at the settlement to find out it's recently been raided by slavers. Uh, Owen's parents were murdered, like basically just hung from a signpost, essentially, and he's carried off. And Yeah, he, he just sort of watched it happen, and he was like, All right, mother and father, I must go on my journey yeah. now. I'm he- sorry that you're dead. Absolutely. Even as a kid, Owen's showing precognitive ability, so he's very, like, serene because he knows things are going to happen because he can see them coming in the future. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Dredd finds a picture of the kid and he confirms that he's got the eagle birthmark, so the chase is on. The slaver... So back in the present, the slaver reveals that Owen has been taken to the slave market in Neutron Flats, and for his help, Dredd saves the slaver from the sulfur sand, but leaves him to his former slaves to be lynched or whatever. Dredd heads out. The quest is on! Dude, and we get to go to a hive of scum and villainy. Absolutely, yeah. We start with a cold open where Dredd is in Neutron Flats slave market for sale. Then we flash back a bit... uh, a few hours ago to see Dredd roll into town under a cloak hiding his identity. After seeing how Just rough awesome. things are for slaves in the cursed earth. Yeah, man, like a cloak Dredd. He's incognito. It's super cool. The bike's in, <laughs> in, in uh, incognito mode also, which is, which is also kind of cool. So. Yeah. Dread interrogates the auctioneer about the location of Owen Chrysler, and he was sold six months ago to Fillmore Pharaoh, the garbage king, leader of the Brotherhood of Trash. He's a huge slave and landowner and styles himself the god of garbage. Um, it's pretty ridiculous and also pretty great. Yeah. Dred's worried about um, an assault on Pharaoh's compound endangering Chrysler, so instead he lets himself be sold into slavery. Dred gets sold to the Brotherhood of Trash, and he's taken away with his lawmaster on auto on AI-controlled autopilot following a little bit behind, taking down anyone that messes with it. 
We go to Pharaoh's kingdom, and it's very ancient Egypt. There's giant statues of him be- being pulled by slaves. We go to the city mm-hmm. of Memphis, which uh, is full of like pyramids and sphinxes and stuff. When Pharaoh finally appears, he's pretty crazy. Um, but his love of finding old junk in the uh, ma- in the trash heaps of 20th century America have made him a very rich man selling on the antique market. He's which is like very interesting. Like I, we, I saw some of the things that they consider antiques, and it's like what? It's a bunch of junk. What it's like does it serve? yeah, it's like street signs or table lamps, other things like that. Mm. Um. So he's received a pro- um he's like having a tomb built because he knows he's about to die because he received a prophecy from the bird boy, aka uh. the judge child. Dread calls in the lawmaster and leads a fast slave revolt on the grounds of Memphis, putting on a robe uh. of a cult member, he enters the chamber of Pharaoh, who is being fitted with a burial shroud made out of um <laughs> soda ca- can pull tabs. Which is awesome. Yeah. As this is happening, a hooded figure injects Owen with a needle, knocking him out. Dread starts to die hard his way through the temple, and he finds the judge's child. Ah, mission complete. It's almost too easy. But then he gets hit by that same needle by the hooded guy. Because apparently this guy got advance warning from Owen Chrysler to watch out for Judge Dread, and now things look bad for our hero. Next episode, Sacrifice to the Garbage God! I love how the Garbage God wants to get buried with all of his garbage. I mean, that's very, like, ancient Egypt stuff. You know, they want to be buried with all their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like, just like, ah, oh, just bury me with all my garbage. <laughs> I love the little touches when they were, like, sanctifying the ground. Like, totally. throwing garbage on it. Yeah, there's a bunch. So apparently all of, like, the cultists and stuff are actually just sort of jerks that are humoring the crazy pharaoh or whatever but mm. it is it is funny that they've sort of just you get these snippets of a concept of this whole like garbage religion based around like sort of half remembered ancient egypt stuff it's kind of fun yeah i really enjoyed it a lot it was just super goofy and anytime that you say the word precog in something i'm reading i'm pretty engaged <laughs> yeah man well listen I don't have to see the future to know that the judge child is going to be awesome and in our lives for the next, like, six months. <laughs> oh, my God. Episode 48, Progs 159 to 162, April 1980. Thrill 3, Judge Dread. Yes, yeah, procession buddy. of death. So script robots, John Wagner, writing is John Howard. Art robots are Ron Smith and Mike McMahon. Lettering robot is Tom Frame. So, okay. Ah, there's so much, there's so much Judge Dredd this month, too. So, so, hey, you're, you're a demigod who is also going to kill a small child. What would you bring in your procession of death? What wouldn't I bring? That's what I want to know. I mean, I guess I'd have a bunch of dudes, like, playing music on garbage and a bunch of weird mutants up in front and then some mutants that kind of looked like you know uh egyptian deities and i'd be like shaking my hands in the air like hey check out my pull tab rings suit hey that those pull tab rings mark me as the king of garbage you know how hard it is to gather that many pull tabs um (laughs) just from like leftover garbage dumps in the ruins of the old world dude it's hard yeah, it's probably pretty difficult. I mean, he, they, it is called priceless. So, Ooh. but yeah, okay. So here we are 
Um, it's the funeral for Fillmore Pharaoh, the garbage god. Pharaoh knows he's about to die because of the precognitive abilities of the judge child and is going out in style. Meanwhile, as he does, his kingdom is starting to crumble as slaves revolt and his second in command, so we're all mostly like con men, struggle to keep yeah. control. And really, like, aren't struggling too hard. They're just making sure the slaves don't revolt before they can get a bunch of garbage and bust. They're, yeah, they're basically just kind of, like, yeah, keeping things under control just so they can escape in the, in the right, with the right amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what the hell? When he learns that the judge child will die when Pharaoh dies, Dredd calls in his lawmaster bike and it's yes. time to just, just kill a ton of people. <laughs> <laughs> like really just everyone that it could technically possibly kill and yeah. i mean it kills a lot of people mm -hmm. the revolt is on um, Dre uh, dread shoots pharaoh but before he dies pharaoh closes the the coffin that the judge child is in driving a stake like, like a spike into his heart killing the judge child as well which, what the hell, man? Yeah, things look bad until a rainstorm washes the paint off the kid's head, and it turns out <gasps> there's just some regular kid that, that was murdered by the, by the pharaoh guy. But where the hell's the judge child? Well, we learn that, well, as the freed slaves start sending their former masters down the side of the pyramids on skateboards to their death. Which is great. <laughs> Dredd learns that one of the surviving henchmen, Brother Bunsen, has absconded with the, with the Judge Child to Texas City. So we're off! Oh, I'm so excited for Texas City. Yeah. Walk so, tall, motherfuckers. It's true. So as we arrive in Texas City, we see, see, see that the map has changed a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So now, now Mega City 1 just covers just the East Coast, um, but goes as far north as probably as like uh, Southern Coke. Quebec and then ends at about like South Carolina or so as opposed to yeah. Florida as we've, as we've seen previously. Um, meanwhile, Louisiana seems to have completely flooded, which is reasonable and um, yeah. and, te and Texas City covers most of like eastern and mid-Texas with like sort of a line between Houston and San Antonio forming the southern border and then going up to Dallas or so. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm trying, I got all, all I got is geography. <laughs> It's like <laughs> just trying to paint the picture, but so Dread uh, Dread rides into Tech City by boat, and it gives us a great skyline of the city. Oh man! Complete with like a massive cowboy statue that's like waving howdy. Tons of cowboy imagery around the city. There's like saddle buildings and like um. Buildings with like like uh, steer heads on them and cowboy hats yeah. on them and stuff. Dude, and then Everest Oil Tower, which is so tall that it has a permanent ice cap on top of it. Absolutely, yeah, two miles high. <laughs> so damn. Dread arrives in town, but learns that he'll have no help finding the judge child, as all the Texas judges are busy either as part of like a mut a mutant roundup, which Dread seems to disagree with. And the rest are dealing with catching the deadly angel gang that's now on the loose. Which apparently you need like a contingent of judges just to deal with. Definitely reasonable. So <laughs> luckily Dredd, of course, prefers to work alone. Um, yep. Says it right out the gate. Yeah. So he uses the Texas City crime computer to find recent uses of psychic powers in the city. He traces them to a fortune teller, Brother Death, in Muty World, which is a deadly amusement park, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got nothing better to do than walk up to a giant hand that's coming out of some water and get your head scrunched. Exactly. Yeah, there's an arm monster. 
uh, Brother Death is telling people what day they'll die, and that's Brother Bunsen with the Judge Child, we're all pretty sure. And in fact, we're so sure that so is the angel kid. <laughs> yeah, before Dread can find him, the angels do. Paw Angel and his three sons, they've twigged to Bunsen's, to a Brother Death's con, and, you know, that he's sort of, that he's teamed up with a psychic, and that he has a, uh, like a way of communicating with him and stuff like that. So they demand the kid, or Mean Angel, who has a dial on his head that regulates oh. his level of anger and violence, will go up to four on him. Which, and man, oh my god. I'm so stoked that the angels have finally shown up, dude. Um, it's, They're it's, pretty it's so, cool. It's so awesome. Yeah, um, you know, if, if you're new to Judge Dredd, definitely, you can see sort of a visual version of the angels in the Stallone um, Judge Dredd movie, which is pretty... Yeah, pretty I remember. Yeah, it's pretty faithful to what these um, mm-hmm. angels are like, I'd say. And they're just, I'll spoil you by letting you know that they're going to be the primary antagonist in this here Judge Child story. Uh, oh, awesome. But so, uh, Brother Death tries to run off with the Judge Child, but Dread catches him first. Death runs into a giant building shaped like a monster that's like a high dive, and Dread gives chase. <laughs> The Angel Gang grab that arm monster that's in a pit that Fox mentioned earlier and six it on the both of them. And it's disgusting looking. It's got like one eye, one massive human arm, one little weird tentacle thing, claw feet, and a gaping slavering maw. Yeah, toothless maw. It's really gross. Yeah. So okay. So there's this. So there's this thing, Fox. It's the uh, the Jaws of Doom high dive. You jump from the mouth of a giant monster and you try to hit this tiny like glass of water, basically. Which all right. The inside is full of crazy scaffolding. Uh, Brother Bun. I don't know. I don't know how you get to the top of it normally. <laughs> it seems like they aren't doing the the right way. Um, no. <laughs> but so. Uh, Brother Bunsen is, or Brother Death is uh, is is climbing up there. Dread's going after him, and the thing in the pit is going after them both. <laughs> Great. And um, guess who gets caught first? It's Judge Dread. Well, Dread manages to take the thing down with a series of gravity and scaffolding-based uh, kung fu moves, basically aided cool. aided by some super awesome combat quips, like. Oh yeah! Only one. But can it also defy gravity? Only one thing will stop this monster: a touch of the broken arms. And then he jumps off the scaffolding, like smashes the thing's arm, like on the scaffolding stuff. Hope you're registered, <coughs> Texacare Buster. That arm's gonna take a ton of plaster. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. At the monster's mouth, Dread catches Brother Death, and both of them see the Angel Gang head out with the Judge Child in tow. Great. Another chase. Mm. Dread makes the high dive off the monster and lands in the uh, in in the tiny thing of water, but the angels perfect have escaped. Yeah, perfect ten. But the but uh, the angels have escaped and their path is blocked by this giant like Trail of Tears style muty roundup thing. What the hell? They're just kicking all the mutants out of Texas City, you know? They're uh, anti-mutant racists. <laughs> they all are wearing t-shirts with a spray-painted M on it. It's really messed up. It's crazy. We're going to, like, uh, interestingly, like, this was actually a big theme in a pretty recent Judge Dredd story when, um, briefly, t- Me- Mega City 1 and Texas City teamed up, but, like, Texas City's hardline anti-mutant stance really put a strain on things. Oh, really? Yeah, but that's not for like... That's like a 2016 story. <laughs> oh, God. All right. 
Anyhow, so don't worry about that. What is important <laughs> is that Dreads won a ton of prize money for both beating the thing in the pit and doing the high dive. So what does he do? Well, he ta- he trashes it because money is going to be helpful. Because Texas City money is going to be helpful where he's going. The Angel Gang have headed off world, and that's where Dread has to go to follow him. Oh, man, he's got to go to space in the coolest, like, judge super vehicle ever. Yeah, buddy. Business has picked up <laughs> to, to, the, to, to catch the angels. The Justice One. Mm-hmm. To catch the angels, Dread hops aboard the Justice One, Mega City One's badass star cruiser. I don't know if you saw this, but the U is a judge shield. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, so good. It's just, it's this huge, sweet-looking spaceship, and the front of which is just a giant like um, badge, basically, or like a you know shoulder eagle kind of thing, so Mega City cool. One style. Aboard ab- aboard ship, we meet the pilot Larder, the engineer Judge Lopez, who has a mustache, and the stringer Judge Motherfucking Hershey. Oh, oh yes! Shit. <laughs> There's also an accountant who dread kicks off the ship right away because no expense will be spared to find the Judge Child. And he's like, "I'm gonna make sure this is to budget." Also, that mustache. Note that mustache. <laughs> so the mission is underway, despite Dredd's worry about Lopez's facial hair. <laughs> Yeah, which is brought up constantly. Mm-hmm. Along the way, they stop at the Echo Echo Bravo 4 mining rig. There's been some irregularities there, and Dredd and Hershey investigate. They find the crew of the rig long dead and the base controlled by the base computer. Dredd and Hershey take turns saving each other from murder bots, put on spacesuits, <laughs> and blast themselves out the exhaust tunnel to safety as the rig is destroyed by the cruiser. Yeah, FYI, that robot was done darn crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want, yeah, definitely. The robot, like, it's a crate, like, just seeing all these, the base is all zero G, so there's just all these corpses floating around in it and stuff. It's pretty, like, ridiculous. Yeah, it's very Event Horizon. Definitely. And, like, I really want to give a shout out, too, to how well Hershey, like, holds her own, like, matching Dread shot for shot and just being super duper awesome. Dude, Hershey's a badass. Can't stress that enough that Hershey's a badass. Um, <laughs> and so, so, of course, all's well that ends well that they've blown up the station, and he's finally decided to talk to Lopez about his mustache. <laughs> Basically, we start, once Dredd gets on the ship, he starts, like, we get access to, like, his his journal of his journey through space. And I swear to God, every other entry is, like, either must talk to Lopez about his facial hair, or Lopez is not responding to my requests about his facial hair and stuff. It's pretty funny. <laughs> You're not supposed to have no facial hair when you're a judge. You gotta Come shave on, that. Man. Shave that off, son. Next episode: Buggo versus Black Boab. What the? F- All right. Basically, like for the next couple months, we're gonna be on this space adventure with Judge Dredd and Hershey and all these guys. Sounds horrible. We're gonna get a chance to see just like space in the Dredd universe. Oh, and man. it is everything so about awesome. it is crazy, like and awesome and so good. Oh my gosh! Uh, it, it was a really good showing. Like, what the hell, man? This like amped up real quick. <laughs> it's definitely, man. Yeah, they definitely just sort of put 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 a brick on the accelerator um, for for the for the judge child. You know, they definitely know we went, they've got we a went fun from story Egypt here. To space. Egypt yeah. to space is like it, or sorry, New Memphis to space. No, I know what you yeah. mean. There's so much incident in these four progs. <laughs> like, 
Oh, like, God. like, you know, post-apocalyptic Egypt to Texas City to space. Yeah, angels going to heaven, then yeah. we go up to space. Yeah, plus the angel gang, plus Judge Hershey, I don't know. It's good times. Oh, man. They're really hitting their stride with this. I, I like that they take some time to just do those generalized one-offs just so that these come out. Definitely. Yeah, that's like a whole... I, I got a whole speech about sort of impo- about how you, you, you got to pace Judge Red Wright to develop the city so then you can leave the city and have more adventures, you know? Exactly. And then you just get to come back and find out how fucked up things are still. Exactly. Episode 49. Progs 163 to 167. May and June 1980. Thrill 3. Judge Dredd. <laughs> uh, script robot for Judge Dredd is John Wagner writing as... Or is uh, John Wagner writing as John Howard. Uh, art robots Mike McMahon. Uh, and Ron Smith letter robots Tom Frame. And I think somewhere in here... Um, John Wagner starts teaming up with Alan Grant full-time and forming the uh, ever-popular Wagner-Grant uh, combine of 2000 AD writing. Dude. <laughs> but, well, I, I'll tell you this much. Uh, yeah. Part 8, which is the one that we're going to start off with, is possibly my favorite Judge Dredd of the ones that we've read. <laughs> nice. It's so weird. Yeah. It's an alien tale. It's like a it's a love story, right? Of uh, mm-hmm. This, there's this lovesick caveman alien named Buggo. He's in love with a cave lady named uh, Uglica. <laughs> and Just like, what? There's this tough warrior, Black Boab, who rides around on this giant, um, like, space woolly mammoth rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and they challenge, and, Uggo, and uh, Buggo and Black Boab, like, challenge each other to a fight. And it's a whole thing until the Justice One appears and and uh, Buggo's able to claim Uglica for his own as ju- as Dread sort of shows up, asks like, has anybody seen this Judge Child? <laughs> like, and uh, and pretty much it's just like, oh, weird savages. All right, we're out of here. Yeah. But now they all think he's a god. So yeah, definitely. Whatever. Well, I mean, this guy came from the sky and like did a thing. You know, that's pretty godlike, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, this guy did a thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a ridiculous story of just like it's such whiplash. I can only imagine if you're reading, especially like the collection of this and like a the Judge Child graphic novel or something, where you just turn a page and suddenly it's these ugly cavemen. (laughs) Like yeah, and it's like it's a song throughout the whole thing. Like the guy is singing the ballad of this (laughs) this thing. It was just very weird. Yeah. It's it's fun, but yeah. So, but now we're just sort of in these episodic things where it's sort of Dread and sometimes Hershey land on a planet and have to do stuff and then move on to the next planet, basically. Oh God! And they're so, all really weird. It's it's yeah. kind of a, like a sillier Dan Dare battle action playset. Definitely, yeah. So next up, we go to the planet of the Body Brokers, where we start with sort of a super punk rock guy that's apparently also the president. I guess he gets <laughs> he gets mobbed by fans. Until a bunch of cops show up, but the cops are all like these lizard guys, um, and the lizard guys suddenly grow wings and fly off with the punk rock president, <laughs> and it's like, what is going on? But <laughs> yeah, but then hard cut back to the yeah. to the Justice One, and we're having some facial issues. <laughs> well, yeah, the Justice One Dread is running Lopez ragged, um, <laughs> trying to keep things picked up, possibly, definitely because of his mustache. <laughs> 
hundred percent because of this really, really great looking mustache. He's got a pretty full mustache, it's true. So the ship lands in the planet from the cold open. It's called Lesser Lingo, and they have a race of intelligent aliens, which are the lizard dudes, but they're all slaves and do most of the manual labor. And the other thing on this planet is that they use biochips, where when you die, your personality is downloaded into a microchip, which can then be implanted into another body. And these bodies are then rented out at a per hour basis, so you can live on after you die as long as you can afford it. And a lot of people make money by renting out their body to the biochippers. Right, for like a few hours a day or something like that. Yeah. Much more on biochips when we go rogue in about 64 progs. Ooh. Anyhow. What the hell? Don't worry about it. So there's no records of the Angel Gang arriving here, and it looks like a dead end um, as, like, the police chief heads off. As the police chief of this planet heads off to go arrest people in a blonde wig for biochip money. Uh, (laughs) Which is, like... Uh, you know, just some old dame basically likes using my body to like arrest people or whatever. So I just let her do it. And she was, and she had long hair when she was alive. So it just it, it it gives her some uh some uh verisimilitude when she takes over my body. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird. But um, so Dredd and Hershey are then asked to meet with the with the planet's vice president, who mostly lives in the body of a big bodybuilder guy. And he explains that the body of the, uh, the uh, that the biochip of the president was kidnapped, as seen in the cold open, and in exchange for bringing about the president's biochip, because like the punk rock guy body was sort of dropped a couple and uh, recovered a while ago. The vice president will tell them where to find Oracle Spice, which is said to give important knowledge to those who take it. And basically, they feel like Dred feels like they need it to be able to find the judge child because otherwise they can't just keep going from planet to planet just kind of seeing if anybody's seen them you know there's too many planets basically mind you while the vice president is telling him this he's doing just a bunch of exercises like yeah deadlifts and lifting a for whatever reason a 30 pound thing and then like one of those stretchy things he's like and then he does some uh some jump roping yeah he's a big muscle man you know He's got to keep his, his fitness up. And he's like, I told that president to get a dope body like mine, yeah. but he just wanted to be a man of the people. Well, I guess also, like, part of the... He, he gets a discounted rate on the body he's renting because he works out... Because he does he maintains the workout. He does the working out for it, basically. It's ridiculous, man. It's a weird planet, dude. Um, so, Dread and one of the alien cops are looking for the president's biochips. Um, all these alien guys kind of look like uh, like green fireys, like those guys that pull their heads off in the, in the movie yeah. Labyrinth, right? Or Skeksis. Or Skeksis. Yeah, they got a very sort of like evil Jim Henson workshop look to them. Mm. The, uh, the And the wild ones have wings that allow them to fly. Yeah, those guys definitely look like the... What did you call them? Reddies? Fireys? Fireys? That's just what they were called when I looked it up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, they're all green, but they definitely look like they could pull their heads off and switch them. Def- yeah, they're, they're ready to sing a song. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the wild aliens are putting together a war party to get their demands met for holding the president's biochip. They fly the out. Blah! Yeah, they attack Dredd and the cop and Mass, leading to some awesome aerial shooting from Judge Dredd. He's shooting down aliens with like incendiary rounds and stuff. This would um, be really gory if they put in the blood because some really horrible things happen. They definitely... Guys. 
yeah, man, he's like shooting incendiary rounds, like flying around on fire and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> Dude, there's like skeletal remains of their wings as they like crash into the planet. Mm -hmm. Fucking weird. Yeah. Dredd follows an alien down into their tunnels and confronts the alien leader who's basically like, Jesus Christ, Judge Dredd, you just killed like all of our dudes, so I'll give you the chip. (laughs) Here, just go. Don't kill the rest of us. They just and he kind of explains that they just wanted a chance to become immortal biochips as well. And although Dredd's skeptical and thinks that these this old chip thing is really dumb, basically, He's like yeah, I want to die one day. You guys are weird. Yeah, like immortal. That sounds that sounds terrible. Um, so with the president back in charge, he announces that he's no longer interested in the body of punk rock star Rocky Rock that he was previously renting. Now he wants to fly like one of the wild aliens and since he's president and he's gonna live in a wild alien body that means that all aliens will now get equal rights so that's pretty cool i guess even get like i guess the only way you identify him as president by the way is that he just has a massive pendant that just says president on it hey i feel like that's a good way for any society (laughs) i guess dread doesn't care about this stuff though they're off to the hadian story to get some of that oracle spice which, I mean, I guess if you're going to do some drugs to make you see the future, might as well be Oracle Spice. That's right. <laughs> so this leads to like a quick Star Trek type, type story, I'd say. Or actually mm. like like a Dan Dare type story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah. On their way to the Hedean system, the Justice One encounters a planet that suddenly opens up like a huge like orange or something like that. Like if a bunch of you splayed out all the slices of an orange or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's full of tentacles, oh, and they all grab the ship and just pull it into this big beast's gullet. Basically, it's bleh. it's this huge planet. It's got full of stars, full of just digested starships in its belly, and like. The scale of the monster and all the inside action of it, full of wrecked ships and stuff, is really cool. Um, what would it have eaten before spaceships? Starships? Probably like yeah. other space animals, maybe. I mean, there's got to be other ones now, like, right? Yeah, like, like I, I bet that like the space animals just don't leave like big husks behind in its belly, you know. Mm. Um. So, you know, they deal with it pretty quickly. They just sort of, you know, you drop enough nukes in the thing's belly and do some other stuff. And the judge <laughs> continues on their way. They're now sort of chastened by, by the dangers of this crazy star system. Which leads to the Justice One landing on the planet Argos in the Hedean system where a huge war rages on TV. Um, it, yeah, it's like... It's like seven different or 12 different civilizations that are all there, yeah. and they're all just like really into murdering each other. Yeah, so much seen... so that there's like a lottery, and they get to like basically choose weapons prior to them fighting, and some yeah. people just get screwed. Yeah, so this time it's um, like basically like American like army guys versus a bunch of like tech knights with like laser lances on like robot horses and stuff. And apparently, tech knights beat American people. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, as, like, this frog reporter interviews soldiers and calls the action, eventually they kick it out to some insane alien commercials for, like, furry awesome. liquid hand soap, Brax brand landmines, and uh, Beast Paste. <laughs> Which makes you eat dentists? No I more guess? dentists with Beast Paste. 
Yeah, 40% fewer dentists. It really works. <laughs> the Justice One lands and Dredd and Hershey ride out. They leave Lopez to fix the ship and think about keeping that mustache. The, dredge, the judges <laughs> soon find themselves on the edges of the battle and quickly get pulled in as the Techno Knights charge them with their Laz Lances and the judges return fire. What's going on on this crazy planet? Don't miss next prog. I gotta say, my favorite thing is Lopez's attitude giving much cause for concern. In my experience, too much attention to personal appearance often betrays a deeper character weakness. A judge should be clean, upright, and stern. No more. We are not in a beauty contest. I love how much Dredd is just straight up gaslighting Lopez about this mustache. (laughs) I, I almost want to say he just can't grow... A beard, but we've seen him with one when he... He's had like a five o'clock shadow and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, he really doesn't like that mustache. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rip it off. But I love this traveling space stuff. Like you said, actually, yeah, it is very kind of Dan Dare-ish. Like the good part, the good version of Dan Dare. And um, I just love seeing all these guys, all these different situations for Dread to just kind of be implacable and stony-faced towards, basically. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, we saw some apes. This isn't worth our time. Let's get out of here. Exactly. Episode 51, Progs 168 to 172, July and August 1980. Thrill 3, Judge Dread. So... Script Robot is uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant, r- both writing as John Howard. Art Robot's Ron Smith, Mick McMahon, and Brian Bolland. And the lettering robot is Tom Frame. Tom Frame in the house! Tom Frame forever. Um, so, as two alien races fight for fun and is t- and our TV broadcast to the alien planet of Argos, Dredd and Hershey have arrived and started gutting their way through a team of cyber knights before they realize what's happening. I gotta say, I'm I really like the frog people that are like televising this yeah, whole thing. That do all the announcing and stuff. It's funny because they yeah. all kinda they all kinda dress like reporters with like fedoras and trench coats and stuff. It's just smoking little cigars and yeah. being adorable. <laughs> so soon the halftime whistle blows and the war referees rule the judges neutral hazards that can't be the <laughs> battlefield until the battle is over. It's a very interesting thing to just have a sentient life form be called a neutral hazard in a war game. It's like when a, when an alligator crawls onto the golf course. You know, you keep playing. You just gotta like <laughs> watch out, watch out for the gator. You know, and oh if, it, if it lands in that gator's head, you're gonna have to play it like it lies, buddy. That's sort of the 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 challenge that you've accepted as a uh, as a golf as a golfer. You know. <laughs> The game of life or death golf. Exactly. So once their translators kick in, uh, Dredd and Hershey are nonplussed, but mostly just kind of whatever to find out about this turn of events. <laughs> well, and that's after trying to get kissed by these weird orc people. Well, because they save the other the uh, the uh, the non the non tech knight team, so they're being so the uh, the other team's very being very ha- uh, friendly to them, and Hershey's like, yeah, I get these guys off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Weird. Yeah. Well, but she's not too worried about the weirdness because one of the reporters asked her, like, "Hey, like you're from you're from Earth? Like, are you freaked out by all these aliens?" And she's like, "Now nah, I expected there'd be weirdos on this trip." <laughs> Which is like, it's really great. Or yeah. she's. Hershey's turned out to be a real uh, real card. Hershey's fun, dude. So, um, <laughs> the uh, the side dread and Hershey have been helping out the uh, Lurgans. 
are for the second half of the war issued these sweet giant war wheels. Oh my god, they're the coolest things ever. Yeah. Well, the other side gets way less awesome tanks. The war wheels are just these big tubes that have like uh, Venetian blinds all around them, and the blinds like slap up and have guns that come out of one side, but the guns keep facing forward as the wheels on the end of each one of the tubes like spin and stuff. It's real cool. Because well, like the the ends of the giant tube itself is also shooting a giant laser. Everything it's just there's these big tubes that are covered in guns. I'm really in favor of it. It's the best kind of like log defense I've ever seen. Yeah, like uh, like I feel like Ron Smith isn't that good at drawing her. She kind of has some problems, sort of getting her hair right and stuff. Mm. But his, um, you know, this sort of like mass chaos stuff is really what we what we expect out of Ron Smith. You know, he's the guy who does all these like uh, big Mega City One being destroyed by various apocalypses and stuff. And he's really in his element, drawing this cra- these crazy huge battle scenes. I'm really into it. Yeah. So, Dredd's pretty tired of all this slaughter for fun. You know, we've seen him be anti-televised war before, like back on the moon and stuff. Mm. So, he decides to end things early. He grabs the Lurgan flag and takes off on his bike. Uh, the next prog goes pretty quick. Basically, just Dredd drives the Lurgan flag to the end zone as Hershey provides covering fire and various alien war announcers and, pug- and pundits argue about whether this is a legal action or not. Um, Dread ends the war prematurely and as a reward is told to find Oracle Spice on the nearby planet Necros but FYI that's an evil that's an evil old planet (laughs) I don't know what gave that shit away Dread is not worried about it being evil and the judges head out as another battle brews on planet Argos of course that's what you do so Mm -hmm. The Justice One approaches the planet Argos as we see a creepy dread voodoo doll full of pins. Oh, uh, it's really actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's neat. A huge cloud of vapor rises from the planet, turning into a gigantic evil frog wizard guy with big claws. Never a good thing when a planet does that. Mm-mm. It attacks the Justice One, cutting big holes in the ship with its fingernails, and then like monsters fly in and attack the crew as they land on the planet. Though when they land, the monsters disappear, and it's time to head out. It's um, like weird, what the hell, illusion, not illusion shit. Exactly, yeah. Dread goes on his own um, and encounters the ancient city of Necros, where the townsfolk are currently sacrificing ten fat dudes, which are 40 days of feeding to the great Murd, Lord of Darkness. Which, I guess, is just a thing you do when you have an evil I like how they, keep, how they keep making a big deal that it's fat guys that they're sacrificing. <laughs> They really, like, it's underscored a lot. So, from Murd's giant pile of stones-like castle, we see these guys called the Watchers come forth, which are these awesome aliens. They've got these giant eye stalks coming off of their heads, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of skull imagery on their swords and armor, so you know they're bad guys. Um, Oh, plus they can shoot giant lasers out of their mouths. Yes. So, Dread starts taking them down, and inside the castle, we see see the evil Murd the Oppressor. And he's a greater demon. He's kept this planet in darkness for 10,000 years. He traps Dread in a big clear bubble and then as he stabs the Dread voodoo doll with a pin, a watcher stabs Dread with his big old great sword. No! Oh my god. 
Next prog, we see the fat guys being sentenced to hideous sack belly. The Lord of Toads and it's Merg's really greatest awesome. pet. Yeah, he's just a just a big old man eating toad. You're just gonna drop a guy down a cool, fun stone slide, and they're gonna slip down. A big old frog's gonna go like. I think it's good that you can have fun on the slide before you get eaten alive by a giant toad tongue. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, you wanna you wanna go out with a thrill, right? Yeah, exactly. So the sword is removed from Dread, and he comes back alive, seemingly unhurt. Dread demands the Oracle Spice, and Murd just laughs. The spice comes from the war- from a wart on the hind quarters of hideous sack belly. Butt wart, butt wart drugs. Always, yeah. He excretes one drop of Oracle spice per life he takes. What lives? Mm-hmm. The power of the spice has allowed both of both both uh, Sage Belly and uh, Murd to have uh, lived for thousands of years. I With- guess that's just what happens. With that said, Murd throws Dread into Sage into Sage Belly's maw. Dread still has his boot knife though, and he stabs the toad in the face, getting thrown <laughs> getting thrown free. And so he grabs a little wall spike and he's gonna stab him again. Yeah. With a final warning, Dread has his lawmaster bike fire flares, which illuminate the constant night and freak out Murd, and so distracted, <laughs> Dread knocks the necromancer into the toad pit, and Murd is eaten by his own monster. He looks like uh he kinda looks like a Muppet in the shot. He's definitely got a very kind of like mu- like frog Muppet kind of look, basically. Mm. Um so, Dread snags the Oracle Spice and destroys the pedestal used to make it, as the Ghost of Murd explains that only a wizard with 10,000 years of experience can use the Oracle Spice, and even then it's dangerous. So, of course, who else would you use it on but a well, wizard with 10,000 years of experience? Hold on, hold on, because Dread heads out and he notices that Sage Val- that hideous Sage Valley has died after eating Murd. Must have been something he ate. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyhow, smash cut to an alien world where all the buildings are shaped like random stuff, like a like a shoe or a bunch of coffee cups or other things like that. Yeah, like roads that lead to nowhere and people yeah. doing shit that doesn't make sense. On this planet, an Earthman has come down with jigsaw disease. And it's horrible. Jigsaw disease is pretty terrible, dude. Basically, random shapes disappear out of your body, but your body still retains all of its, like, form and ability and stuff. So, like, in this case, like, for this guy, there's a huge, like, fist-sized, like, perfectly square hole going right through his stomach or, like, a triangle missing from a corner of his head and stuff. It's not like he's had a hole driven through him or anything like that. It's just, like, um... He just has it missing. Similarly, like, there's just, like, a disc of his, like, left leg that's just gone completely, but the rest of his leg is still basically attached to the rest of his body and stuff like that. So, like, you know... Like really the, horrific. Yeah, it's like the palm of your hand can disappear, but you'll still be able to use your fingers. They'll just be, like, floating there where they would normally be. It's, it's crazy. So, the disease is sadly fatal. Meanwhile, on the Justice One, we've got the Oracle Spice. Taking it will likely kill the user. Lopez, you're up. No, it's not because of your mustache. (laughs) He's really... That was my favorite part of this. Why me? It's because of my mustache, isn't it? Get down there. So, He's Lope- like, no, your personal 
your personality profile shows you to be the most unstable member of this crew. <laughs> Obviously the mustache. So, uh, Amazing. So Lopez is strapped down. He's given a drop of the Oracle Spice. He starts tripping out immediately. Oh my God. We see like Murd and Sage Belly and a crazy mustache frog and all kinds of other stuff. That's weird. Finally, Lopez gives his prophecy Bedlam, Bedlam, but hurry. All the king's horses can't put Humpty together again. Lopez goes into a coma. And Dread puts a search in and finds the planet AB, a strange abnormal planet. <laughs> so, Lopez is in a coma, fading away as they arrive, and Dread heads out. The authorities say another human, a guy named Prosser, arrived a few weeks ago, and we soon learn that he's the guy that contracted the jigsaw disease. And he's now missing even more parts yeah, of his body. He's freaking out about it. And he's st- really starting to lose pieces real quickly. He finds a jar of jigsaw pills in the sick bay. He assumes they're a cure that the aliens have been holding out on him on. He grabs them and runs. But Dread arrives and f- um, the aliens reveal that in fact those pills are like a mercy drug that accelerate the jigsaw process to allow for like a quick death, basically. It's, uh... It's not looking great. Basically, Dread has to find Prosser in the next hour, or Prosser will fade away completely. Next episode, Prosser, The Puzzle, and Paw Angel. Oh, man. We're coming to a head here. It's really getting... Things are real get, getting real heavy in um, this quest for the Judge Child, dude, for sure. I like. I really liked this whole run for judge shred it was super bizarre yeah man there's just all this alien stuff then a necromancer and just um <laughs> the combination of the oracle spice and this dude with jigsaw with a jigsaw disease like it's funny because we get the three big um dread artists of this era you know uh Balland, mcmahon and um and Ron Smith, and all of them sort of do really good, like really kind of play to their strengths in each in each comic. With you know, Ron Smith doing these big crowd scenes, Mick McMahon doing these crazy monsters and like uh, built up, um, like 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 built up edifices and other kind of crazy technical things. And then Brian Ballin kind of sweeping in with like combining re- like his really realistic style with just. Um, crazy ass surreal stuff that really kind yeah, of combines man. for a really great like like this is this this sort of set of progs really great example of these sort of two of these judge dread artists i think well and any time that you like have a necromancer in a comic book i'm pretty excited to be perfectly De- frank definitely it happens more often than you'd think in 2000 ad to be honest Which is why it's amazing <laughs> exactly episode 52 Progs 173 to 177, August and September 1980. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. I would have also accepted, whoa, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) So, script robot for this month of Judge Dredd is John Wagner and Alan Grant writing as John Howard. The art robots are Brian Bolland and Ron Smith. Lettering robots, Tom Frame. Top frame. Oh yeah. So, uh, Dread rides his lawmaster through the cupcake houses and tightrope walking citizens of the planet of Bedlam on the hunt for spaceship pilot Prosser, who is rapidly disappearing by taking mercy drugs that speed up his jigsaw disease. 
think it's real horrific, man. Yeah, dude. It's it really reminds me of. Um, did you see the movie Looper? Yes. Like like there's that part in Looper where that guy's running, but like they're cutting parts off of his, off of, of like his past self. Yeah. So, so oh. but there's real similar beats in here where like Prosser is like he like falls off the side of something and he's holding on by his fingers but then his fingers disappear and so he like just falls and stuff it's real crazy oh, it's real so this whole part's real disturbing um dread fin- finally sees him um running and sort of catches up with him by the time dread catches him prosser's basically just like an eye a mouth a piece of head and like a thumb just lying in like a pool of his clothes basically Ugh. Prosser tells his story to Dredd. He was a spaceship pilot. The Angel Gang hijacked his ship, made a deal with him, and then Junior Angel killed everybody aboard because Junior Angel is, like, the worst human um, ever. (laughs) And he was, like, begging his father. He's like, how could a father say no? Because he just whinily begs to murder huge swaths of people. (laughs) Like, that's his move. And then laughs about them exploding. Oh, yes. leave the airlock. <laughs> so, uh, aboard the ship, Prosser got his future read by the judge child who'd said he'd be dead soon. And because of that, the angels just marooned him in, a, in an escape pod, causing him to land on Bedlam and get Jigsaw disease. So, just mm-hmm. kind of like with, with a, that Pharaoh guy, though, this is a death that was basically set in motion by Owen Chrysler's predictions. Which... Nick gives us an interesting perspective on what's up with this Judge Child. Yeah, especially over the next couple issues. Mm-hmm. Still, we learn that the angels are headed out to the planet Xanadu. Back on the ship, Lopez has died, and Hershey isn't pleased about it, but Dredd knows that some sacrifices have to be made for the law. That's why you shave off your mustache. So, <laughs> Yeah, what the hell, man? But also, I, like... Bro sticking to his guns in a super awkward situation and then mm-hmm. just writes it off as, hey, she's got to get used to people dying. I mean, Dredd's super tough and sort of put, puts it down to Hershey being a rookie for why she is sort of freaked out by it. Um, yeah. Really, in, I think something that's really interesting to see, we've seen it a little bit, but we're really going to see it as we finish up The Judge Child, is just how grim and like um, violent Dredd starts to get as this story goes on. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, maybe not this next two stories, but we'll start to see it sort of once they get to Xanadu, I guess. Um, the Justice One. So next up, the Justice One picks up a, a, a passenger from a refuge station. Uh, planted. Oh, it looks, God, oh. like a hairy plant with a fucking tarantula like hair. And, yeah. uh, it's Rimble Limpop Quits, a traveling space salesman. Yeah, I'd say he looks like that or like a. Um, he looks like a tiki mask that's been carved out of like a pineapple. That's what I. That's my best um, dis- description mean, of him for me. He's yeah, weird looking. He's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of arms. He's kind of disturbing. Creeps me the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. As much. Yeah. As good. Like. Oh, I, actually, no. I want to say that at the end. Anyhow. Um. So he's got tiny suitcases that unfold to contain billions of different things. Many of them sort of miniaturized, including different alien species and stuff. Dread isn't interested in souvenirs and tells Quince to can it. A few hours later, Quince is on the prowl because he's either selling something on this ship or he's taking something to sell and he's decided to take the judges. Which, not a great idea, man. No, this is a mistake. He throws tiny white globes which miniaturize and knock out uh, Judge Hershey, Dread, and Larder. Dread awakens to find himself and the other two judges in a box with crushed paper 
as a uh, a three pack of Mega City Judges for forty Galactic Groats. <sighs> kind of cheap, if you ask me. But you know, yeah, whatever. what 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 are you gonna do? Anyhow, this guy's a jerk. Dread awakens the other judges, and it's time for some tiny justice. So, Quince argues with the Justice One robots to land their ship on a planet as the tiny judges make their way through Quince's bag, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids style. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dredd, hey. Yeah, it's true. Dredd finally makes it to his bike, and he starts shooting up the place as both tiny judges and robots now attack the salesman. Well, and the robots were, like, not taking any shit. They're like, yeah, you're not a judge. We're not going to listen to you, dude. Yeah, like, uh, like the judges don't just... Do- it! Yeah, judges don't disappear from the ship, dude. <laughs> we're, we're robots, not fucking humans. We're not goddamn stupid. Yeah, we're not, we're not dumb bots, you know? Yeah, <laughs> dude. So, um... Dread manages to miniaturize Quince and knock him out, and as the various monsters and stuff in Quince's case start to wake up and go crazy, Dread finds a globe that enables him to return to normal size and quickly end any trouble. Dude, they shoot him in the eyes with tiny little lasers. It's, it's cool. It's, well, like, yeah, man, you know, again, like, these are, the, all these judges are, like, full-on killing machines. Like, the fact that they're tiny isn't going to change the fact that they've got bullets that fire high explosives, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Quince is oh, put God. in, like, um, a form-fitting, like, case thing and put back, or uh, a, a, a container and is returned to his case to be prosecuted later. It's basically, this case is just a... a, a a bunch of, like, one of my Warhammer 40k uh, uh, figure cases, figure boxes, but full of, like, living beings. So, anyhow, welcome to the planet Xanadu. It's lawless. All the uh, criminals on the run and stuff end up here. And it's where the Angel Gang is rolling from town to town, killing and robbing and being general jerks. It's kind of not so lawless. Like, you'd think that people would be pretty alright with all this shit with the Angel Gang, but everyone's like, oh, we're trying to, like, have us a hotel and drive us a station or a coach, whatever. Yeah. And they're just, like, fucking it all up. Yeah, they're just, like, like they're taking turns. Like, all right, mean mean angel, you just take over the town this time. Mean goes up to three on his head dial and starts headbutting everything he sees. It's pretty great. They yeah. kill dudes with a, with a porch. Definitely, yeah. He takes down porches. He takes down uh, stage coaches, whatever. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. The gang rolls into a local hotel, takes the presidential suite, kicking out the former occupant. They gun down the sheriff as the judge child speaks, prophesizing death is coming for them. Death in black. Meanwhile, Judge Dredd is having dreams of the judge child, and Dredd's starting to seem worried about the morality of this kid. Um, I mean, I would be too, where he's just like, hey, uh, so... Like, even I don't know the full extent of my powers, but, you know, I saw possible futures and chose one, so they deserve to die. Uh, I think this is also where he starts saying that he can't see his own future, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, he says yeah. that he can't see his own. But so, uh, Owen insists that Dredd come save him, and the final act of the Judge Child saga has begun. The, uh, with a money parade. Uh, <laughs> this part was so awesome. Yeah, the Justice One arrives on, on Xanadu, and Dredd dumps a bag of money on all the people, saying he's Make got... It yeah, he makes it literally rain on the people. He says he's got two more bags of, this, of money for anybody who has information about the location of the Angel Gang. Why? Because this is just criminals will just turn each other in. I mean, they want they're they're criminals because they want money, dude. Xanadu's <laughs> <Like, laughs> a planet of crooks, and their greed will betray them soon enough. 
except for weird gorillas. Especially weird gorillas, dude. We, the last prog, a Scottish ape man tries to ambush Dread for the reward money, but it's no good because Dread just kills all the apes and his, kills the ape and all of his buddies. And this is where we start seeing Dread getting super violent. There's been times where he wouldn't have just gunned these dudes down, but he definitely does here. Yep. Um, as Dread just sort of walks back into the street and says to the Undertaker, who seems to just be following Dread around at this point, he just says, like, there's three more in the alley there. <laughs> um, in the nearby town of Drybone, the angels have set up their own court, and they're basically just hanging people for fun before they move on to the next town to do the same thing, as the Judge Child continues to gloat over their fate. Which, all right. Yeah. At the same time, Dread finds a blind man with a blind horse. Oh, this is so awesome. Yeah. This is so, this is so Dread. It's so cool, dude. He's just, both the horse and the dude had their faces wrapped up in bandages, basically. This guy is a blind old Joe. He met the angels back when he was just old Joe. <laughs> the angel gang put out his eyes, and now he's out. He's bent on revenge. He can sense the angels and will lead Dread right to him. He'll be his dude, gun. Dude, he senses them by hate. Hate yeah, in his eyes. It's awesome. Oh my god. The judge child tells this to the angels, and they decide to split up. The older angel kids, Link and Mean Machine, will stay behind to cover their escape. As Pa, Jr., and Chrysler, the uh, judge child, head out. Next next time, Fallen Angels. All right. Well, Damn. Lots of uh, lots of awesome weird shit happening in Judge Dredd again. Things are super duper coming to a head as sort of we leave the episodic space travel part of our adventure and go to the showdown between Dredd and the Angel Gang section of our uh, of this story. Gee, I wonder how this will end. I think it will end awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it was a pretty damn good showing. I, yeah. I will say, hate is my eyes. It's possibly one of my favorite. Uh, lines out of this comic so Hate far. Hate my eyes, you'll be my gun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 55, Progs 178 to 179, September 1980. Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. I love Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, he's a 21st, no, I guess he's a, he's a 22nd century future cop. Combine two-thirds of the Stallone movie with, like, one-third of the Carl Urban movie, and then cook it with that with the Anthrax Judge Dredd song. Truth and justice are what he's fighting for. Judge Dredd the man, he is the law. Dude. Fear the badge he earned it. Or, no, sorry. Respect the badge he earned it with his blood. Fear the gun. Your sentence might be death because I am the law. Anyhow. Dude, um, awesome. <laughs> so, Judge Dredd, man. His uniform doesn't make a lot of sense. He never takes off his helmet. <laughs> Currently, he's traveling, he's traveling the galaxy to save the psychic, the powerful psychic known as the Judge Child from the evil Angel Gang, who were those, um, country, or who, who were those southern accent ca- cannibals in the first Judge Dredd movie. It's um, fucking weird. Yeah, it's good, man. The big showdown starts now. So a bunch of villagers in this town, what they, what the angel gang went into, were like, "Hey, if we don't kill you, they're gonna kill us. So we're gonna have to kill you now." Mm-hmm. Uh, I should say that uh, the uh, script robot for Judge Dredd is John Wagner, writing as John Howard. Art robots are Mick McMahon and Ron Smith. Lettering robots Tom Frame. 
Tom Frame! Tom Frame! Tom Frame, long-running 2080, and especially Judge Dredd Letterer, um, sort of starts in Prague 4, ends around Prague 1500. <laughs> <laughs> He's so awesome. Yeah, so like Fox was saying, in the town of Drybone on the planet Xanadu, which is not unlike the planet Laredo that we saw in Strontium Dog, basically just another small western town. Yeah, bunch of thugs, human and otherwise, have been sent by the Angel Gang to take down Dread. This is a mistake on their part. <laughs> oh. Dude. I'm the one you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Dread takes them all down hand to hand because he's just a dude beaten machine after 15 years in the academy. Oh man, I loved that. Uh, those little pieces, you know, it's just, just a like big... 15 years of iron discipline, rigid self control, concentrated aggression. <laughs> you can't mess with them. He takes them all out as a Link and Mead Machine Angel look on. They know it's time to run, uh-huh. and but first assassinate Judge Dredge. They activate Plan B. They put on lady clothes and sneak up on the lawman. Dude, but not before putting a hanger in like the clothing store man's mouth and hanging him on the rack. It's they're so evil. It's really the most <laughs> horrible thing ever. It's yeah, because they do it all nonchalantly too. They don't even talk about it. Like if you didn't, if you don't look at the pictures, you never pick up on the fact that they just tortured this dude and left him hanging from. A big clothes hanger in his mouth, basically. It's disgusting. It's so bad. <laughs> this is a good time to mention that Judge Shred's being led by a uh, dude named Old Joe who was blinded no. along with his horse. No, by his, the his, name's, his name is Old Blind Joe. It used to just be Old Joe, and then he was blinded by the Angel Gang. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and now he is powered purely by hate and can just sense when the angel gang's yeah. around. Even though his head's completely wrapped in bandages, he can still sense the angel gang coming, as he does now, even though they're dressed like ladies. They're right there. Judge Dredd, look out. Pew-pew. Judge Dredd opens fire. He blows off Mean Machine's human left arm. Now he all, all he has is his giant robot claw right arm. Not too much of a problem, really. Mean Machine's going to be without left arm, basically, for the rest of Judge Dredd now, until this day. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's um, all right. Anyhow, um, the uh, the angels run, and Dredd gives chase. He quickly gets separated from old blind Joe, who is in turn attacked by Link. Meanwhile, Mean Machine box Dredd with a mighty headbutt. Dredd goes flying into the same uh, barn where like Link is attacking uh, old blind Joe. And then Mean comes in. He's like in the, mo- like in the Stallone movie. He's got a dial on his forehead that goes up, that starts at one and goes up to four in terms of level of aggression and um, insanity, basically. And this time he goes all the way to four. Oh, snap. But yeah. Joe's got this covered. It's bad and it gets even worse when Dredd hits him in the forehead with a chain, putting Mean on four and a half. This turns Mean Machine Angel into an uncontrolling headbutt machine. He headbutts his own brother to death and runs around town killing just random folks, headbutting. Finally, he headbutts a gas pump at a gas station, causing a massive explosion. It's pretty awesome. He, like, it's just he's zipping around, smashing everything with his forehead. That's the sound of headbutts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two angels down, two to go. Mount back up, old blind Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Pa and Junior Angel, the remaining two members of the Angel Gang, 
along with the judge child Owen Chrysler, are driving a sweet dune buggy into the land <laughs> of the fugitive robots ruled by the Grunwalder. Oh, I'm so excited. They come under attack from robo mosquitoes while um and eventually the Grunwalder has one of those mosquitoes turn into a telephone. That, <laughs> and then they use it to communicate with the angels. Just be like, what are you doing here, guys? Yeah. Basically, they say, hey, we want a sanctuary, and to get it, we'll give you this awesome kid with a eagle birthmark on his forehead that can tell the future inerrantly. Yeah. Grunwald's pretty interested by this. He's like, all right, let's see if this is for real. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to call off my robots. Yeah. I would say he's skeptical because he's like, yeah, come on through, but you're going to have to fight your way through to do it. <laughs> yep. We'll welcome you at the door. You just got to get there. Exactly. Yeah. The robots, the angels have to fight on their way there include a bunch of hairy robots covered in yeah, the scalps the of humans. Oh, my taken. God. Yeah. You got to think about it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Dread also enters the realm of the Grunwalder, immediately grabs a mosquito and like talks on the phone to the ro- to the robot leader. He demands safe <laughs> passage because he serves the law. And the Grunwalder agrees because he also takes the measure of Dread, knows that he'd like lose way too many dudes trying to stop Dread, basically. But not just that. It's like they make a comment. They're like, damn, he sounds like a fucking robot. Yeah. Not too dissimilar from us. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Oh, man. So the angels make camp as the judge child goes into a trance and then prophesizes the death of both of them. After Uh, mentioning, of course, that the other two are dead, mm -hmm. being a total dick as usual. This kid is a jerk. Junior Angel attacks the judge child for his jerk prophecy while Dredd puts together (laughs) a massive sniper rifle. Which is, it's really, really long. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, it's like more tall than he is it's, it's really just weird. called the long gun paw angel gets junior calmed down and then is shot in the chest by dread from 12 kilometers out oh my god paul next episode and then there was one and then the end now also next episode the judge child saga will conclude oh what really yep oh man gear up buddy that's awesome yeah this was like such a cliffhanger, dude. Totally. Yeah. It's uh what's gonna happen with Paul getting shot? Like, what's gonna happen with Dredd and the Judge Child? This Judge Child seems like a real jerk, man. I don't want him to be chief judge of Mega City One like he's supposed to be. Like some truth telling truth telling like jerk kid. No way. He manipulates the future and he said as much in the past. Yeah. Like he yeah, he definitely in previous episodes we've seen him cause people to die by prophesizing their death basically Mm -hmm. which you know creating self-fulfilling prophecies and stuff which aren't really again what you're looking like this kid's been prophesized that he'll be the chief judge of mega city one when a big thing occurs 18 years from now um and so Mm -hmm. you know it's a questionable thing it's something you got to think about you know yeah, I am not the biggest fan of this kid. When he was like the silent kind of one, it sort of was more... Yeah, I mean, but then he was just a cipher. Like, you didn't even know what he was. He was just like a pawn. And now we're starting to get to see him at all. And it's like, I, and you, you just don't like what you see, you know? No, nah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Episode 56, Progs 180 to 183, October 1980. Thrill 3. Judge Dredd. Holy crap. How do you start a Judge Dredd? I guess just by 
cool ass volcanoes exploding near an awesome techno tower. That's right. So, uh, script robot for Judge Dredd is John Wagner and Alan Grant writing as John Howard. Then, um, and then Alan Grant and Kelvin Gaz now writing as Alvin Gaunt. Uh, <laughs> art robots are Ron Smith, Brian Bolland, and Mick McMahon. Letter robot, a Tom Frame. John Frame, Frame power. So. We we start with learning about the Grunwalder, who is a crazy robot emperor. He's ruling from a castle surrounded by molten lava. And he looks super sweet because he's like golden armor and got like a cool cape. Definitely Ron Smith drawing him as complicated as possible in a very cool way. <laughs> the Angel's Dune Buggy can no longer continue in the heat. And Pa yeah. Angel, who is injured by Dredd's bullet last episode, will continue to the Grunwalder's Citadel while Junior stays behind to take out Dredd, as he's the baddest of the Angels, and thus the baddest man that ever lived. They have, uh, him and Pa have, like, a heart-to-heart, where he's just like, you've always been the insane, murdering, horrible child that I've tried to raise as an insane, horrible, murdering child my whole life. You really make me proud, son. He's like, I'm the best. I'm going to murder them all, all of them, everybody. Pie Angel has a surprisingly good relationship with his sons. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, clearly a good father if they, I mean, just if you have sociopaths for sons. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, if you want, they're definitely the best raised family of murderers you, you could have ever hoped for. <laughs> yeah, they definitely eat dinner together and murder yeah, together. Definitely. <laughs> so, um,. Dredd drops off old Joe blind and continues on foot, but as he does, Junior sneaks up from behind and finishes old Joe blind off. Dude, he comes from out of the ground where he had an oxygen pill on his tongue so he yeah. could breathe underground and it's... then just, like, fucking murders Joe. Yeah, both both th- th- that he could travel underground and they wouldn't show up on any senses or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. So, it's time for a Dread Jr. showdown. They fight along the the lava-covered vistas along Grunwalder's castle, finally showing down on a rock bridge leading into the Citadel. They have a showdown. Make your play. Junior's fast, uh, but Dread... It's a little like, oh, it's a little like Star Wars Episode Three. I'd say it's imagine. more sort of Old Westy, although the lava does sort of, I guess, give it sort of having the high ground kind of I stuff. I mean, they're not, like, flying around on fucking, like, things and no. sailing on, like, little rock yeah, islands. Yeah, it's much more but... lo-fi version of it. <laughs> yeah. So, they show down. Junior's fast, but Dread is faster. He shoots Junior in the chest and then picks him up over his head and throws Junior into the lava as Paw Angel looks on. Even yeah. if you're Hell's own angel, the sentence is death. Dude, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Just throws him right in. Just throws him right in there, dude. It's crazy. Hell's angel. Junior Angel falls into the lava, and Pa runs out to avenge him, guns blazing. The kind of as how the Judge Child predicted. It's Absolutely, be terrible. Yeah, the Judge Child waits before going into the Grunwalder Citadel to see Pa killed as well. Though, he actually uses his psychic powers to shield Pa from Dredd's bullets, and instead Owen Chrysler himself breaks the ledge Pa is holding on to, causing him to fall into the lava. The Judge Child has essentially killed Pa himself, and laughs evilly over it. Kind of, uh, kind of bastardizing you there, buddy. Mm. The, um... 
Dredd fights his way into the Grunwalder's palace and confronts Owen. Dredd looks into the eyes of the Judge Child and sees only evil. The Judge Child isn't fit to rule Mega City One, and Dredd leaves him a prisoner of the Grunt of the Grunwalder. Which, you know, the kid's not super happy about it. He's like, wait, 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 fuck, no! Yeah, the Justice One heads home empty-handed. Better Mega City One should be destroyed than ruled by an evil psychic. So ends the Judge Child saga. Mind you, he's got a little bit of scrutiny from the last two people on the team. And, like, he's got some credibility the last time a dictator showed up. It wasn't super great. Yeah, de- I feel, yeah, definitely his actions with the, um, with Judge Cal gives him some credence. But counterpoint, like, you know, Hershey was close to Lopez and she's gotta feel bummed that, like, yeah. they have nothing to show for Lopez's death. And, like, just in general, they spent a lot of time and treasure going after this Judge Child and to come back without a kid. Well, you know, we'll talk about it in this thrill right here, actually. Uh, <laughs> Dredd is back in Mega City 1! Oh my god, it's time to go back to work. Yeah, he should be at his debrief for the Judge Child, but instead, he and our old pal Judge Giant roll out to deal with a block war! Which, uh, is awesome. In the Grand Hall of Justice, we see the Council of Five debating Dredd's actions. Before non-Chief Justice seems to be against him, especially Judge Hilda by God Magruder of the SJS. Yeah, she's, uh, she's straight up like, this guy deliberately effed up. Everyone seems to be pretty against him. Yeah, definitely. Meanwhile, the, uh, the Rita Tushingham and Ernest Borgnine blocks are at full-scale, uh, block war. Uh, Fox, Rita Tushingham was an English actress, probably best known for a couple roles she had in the 60s. She was in, like, the, uh, version of, of Dr. Javago and stuff like that. Ernest Borgnine, of course, is from Airwolf, but... <laughs> best known for his contributions to airwolf that's right gunfire erupts up and down the sides of each one of these buildings his two skyscrapers next to each other and the whole buildings are shooting at each other as like guys swing from one building to another to fight people and stuff falling out to their death it's super awesome Dr- so hey how do you deal with that as a judge you just get like 20 judges together and you have all of them fire straight up in between the buildings yeah people start uh, quitting pretty fast this this quells the fighting as the council is in the midst of deciding they seem to be deciding to send another mission to recover the judge child from the grunwalder which would be second guessing Ju- uh, Dredd's actions and probably force him to resign his post which, uh, you know, seems kind of odd for a dude who has pretty much, like, time and time again saved the city in different ways. Or I mean, them second-guessing him, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, as this happens, Dredd orders everyone involved in the block war to turn themselves in. If you do it now, you'll get five years. If you wait more than ten minutes, it's ten years. Yeah, not great. Just go with the five-year sentence, guys. Definitely. And at this point, back at the council, Judge Griffin basically reminds him what you've been saying this whole time, is that Dredd's basically the best judge ever, um, especially as it relates to him identifying and fighting tyrants against Judge Cal. He was basically one of the only guys that identified Cal as a bad guy and then was instrumental in defeating him, like the guy that basically led to his defeat, you know? And so what does he do? He's like, hey, I don't do this often, veto. Yeah, he vetoes the thing. We just basically, so, and then, so basically as 
uh, um, hundreds of citizens turn themselves in, like, stream out of the building with their hands up, turning themselves in. Um, we basically decide that uh, J- Judge Dredd can be trusted in his judgment and that his word has extreme power. Which I think is cool. Yep. Yeah. All's well that ends well? Sure. Maybe. And that was the Judge Child. Uh, Judge Dredd, of course, continues onwards and... In his various adventures through Mega City 1, Judge Hershey will be back, along with the final member of the Angel Gang, Fink Angel, in 1981, and both them, the Judge Child, and Mean Machine Angel will return in the 1982 in the Destiny's Angels storyline. Uh, Owen Chrysler will echo through the ages of Dread Comics, most notably, I'd say, in the City of the Damned storyline, but in other, other ways, small and big, throughout the years. The Fall of Dead World series, for instance, in the current progs has a bunch of Judge Child references, just as a for instance. So, my top Judge Child saga things! <laughs> the first one's definitely the art and the artists. The way that the trio of artists in this story are deployed is really amazing, especially in the moves between Smith and McMahon. You see McMahon handling, like, the creepy castle world of Murd and Hideous Sackbelly, or the Old West-style town where the final showdown against the Angels begins. Meanwhile, Smith handles giant crowd scenes, the the war world, the Pharaoh's funeral procession, the final showdown between Dredd and Chrysler himself. Meanwhile, Bond is used a bit more sparingly, but he both opened up the story and came in to handle the Jigsaw disease, which is one of the most terrifying and instantly recognizable sections of this epic, something that I've, um, I've talked to readers who, list, who, who read these comics when they were kids and something that stuck with them as sort of a default scary thing for their whole lives, almost. I also love the locations from the start with Memphis, the Kingdom of Trash, through Texas City, uh, the various alien plants, and then the home of the Grunwalder. All these different alien planets the judges visit in the course of their quest. There's so many amazing locations, and they all seem alive and full of things to do. And then finally, I love the continued evolution of Judge Dredd. Well, between his treatment of Lopez and of the Judge Child, it's easy to see Dredd getting harsher and colder through the course of this epic. We also see some seeds of Dredd's opinions changing to be a bit more loose or more permissive, I guess. His disgust at the treatment of mutants by Texas City is an example of this. But mostly, of course, we see harsh professional Judge Dredd here. It's a bit of a change from other epics, where, for instance, we see Dredd teaming up with uh, the punk Spikes Harvey Rotten and the alien Tweak in the Cursed Earth saga, or forced to fight against the uh, law-giving establishment in uh, Judge Cal. I should also mention, sort of echoing through the ages, this is where there's one planet where there are biochips, which are sort of the inspiration of what will eventually become Rogue Trooper, this idea of sort of implanting personalities into computer chips that can then talk and do things, I guess. So, I like the Judge Child a lot, though it's certainly not without its flaws. I'd say it drags a bit in the second act, when Dredd and the Justice One are just sort of aimlessly traveling around, looking for a lead on the Judge Child. Uh, the story seems to lose some urgency during these moments. I'd also have loved to see more of the evil Judge Child, and possibly some more remorse on the part of Dredd for Lopez's sacrifice. I know later this kind of gets retconned in, but as it stands, it just makes Dredd look kind of petty and arbitrary, instead of hard-nosed and tough, which I feel like is the better, like, look for Dredd, I guess. Uh, For me, um... 
For me, this makes the Judge Child rank behind the Cursed Earth in terms of ranking the epics. So my sort of current uh, schedule is the Cursed Earth, the Judge Child, and then Judge Cal. I'm still waiting for the epic to take the number one spot, but I think it might be on the way, hint, hint. <laughs> for the record, though, the Judge Child is a key Judge Dredd story, and you'd be a fool to miss out on it. And that's it for our episode. I hope you enjoyed it and our coverage of the Judge Child saga. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. And for everyone out there, thanks for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with more awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for the Judge Child Saga. Spawn dig for